Does the Bible teach double predestination? In the past, predestination was predestination to life, and then the opposite was called reprobation. Predestination and reprobation. Does God, before the foundation of the world, or did God, before the foundation of the world, predestine some to eternal life, and the rest did he reprobate or predestine to eternal judgment? Did that happen before the world was um, created? And the answer, short answer, is yes. The Bible teaches that from beginning to end. It teaches what we now today call double predestination. He does so. And the passages that were cited earlier, Romans 9, Romans 9, 32. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by works, they stumbled over the stumbling stone. Just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be put to shame. There, there are two outcomes in verses 32 and 33. One is life, because one believes, and the other, because of unbelief, they stumble over the stumbling stone. So Christ is the focal point, the center of whether one believes and has, uh, receives eternal life, or disbelieves and receives eternal judgment. 1 Peter 2, 6-8, it teaches the same doctrine. 1 Peter 2, 6-8, For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be put to shame. The, this precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. They were appointed to this doom of disbelief, disobedience, and the punishment that results from disbelief and disobedience. That was appointed, but also the other was appointed. In First Peter, he believes in predestination to life also, because it begins, the letter begins that way. He addresses the Christians who are residing as aliens scattered throughout the various regions of the the empire, Roman Empire. And in verse 1, he says, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. Verses 1 and 2. And in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He caused us to be born again. We didn't produce our rebirth. Christ or God produced our rebirth. According to 1 Peter 1, 1-3. Also, those who discount or deny this kind of double predestination, they say that verse 2 means, according to the foreknowledge of God, foreknowledge means knowing in advance. He has knowledge in advance. But that's not what the biblical term foreknowledge means. The biblical word foreknowledge does not mean knowledge in advance, but it means loved in advance. Like the, the biblical term to know one another, or husband to know his wife, in Genesis 4, verse 1, that Adam knew his wife and knew means he loved her 
That is, he made love with her, and that's how she conceived Cain and Abel. To know in the Bible means to love. So he loved in advance, loved us in advance according to that. And we can confirm that in 1 Peter 1, verse 20. It says, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world. It doesn't mean Christ was known in advance before the foundation of the world because he was already there. But the preparation for him to be the beloved son to come into the world, that was done before the foundation of the world. He was loved in advance in that sense, not in the future events sense. Um, One more place on this is Proverbs 16, verse 4. Proverbs 16, 4. The Lord has made everything for his own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. The Lord has made everything for his own or its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. God made the wicked for the day of evil, meaning the day of their punishment, the day of judgment. He made them for that purpose. Which coincides with uh, they were vessels. Yes, yes, they were vessels. Vessels of honor or vessels of destruction. Romans 9, 9, 19 to 24. That's right. Okay, any follow-up on this? Does the Bible teach it or not? Is that all? Uh, uh, what we read today, Numbers 14, 18. Okay. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant long time for giving iniquity and frustration. He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children for Also, Nahum 1, 3, and 8. Yeah, 1, 3, and 8. Yes. And what, what about the verse? Well, it says he, will, uh, he by no means cleared the guilty. Mm-hmm. So they right? Yeah. They will be punished. One three says also he will leave the guilty and punished. And Nathan one eight says that with the overflowing flood he will make a complete end of this side and will pursue his enemies into darkness. Correct. These are verses that teach God will punish the wicked. Um, Thank you. Um, Those verses aren't actually teaching double predestination. They are teaching that God's going to punish the wicked. Oh, are you saying that in Numbers 14, 18... There are some who receive mercy and some who don't. Is that what you mean? 
Okay, yes, yes. That's true. In verses 18, uh, Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. So he does that to some, but on the other hand, he punishes the guilty. That's correct. Only two outcomes. Though those verses in Numbers and Nahum 1 are not explicitly saying what God does in advance to bring about these two results. These are the two results. That's correct. 